This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back. Thanks for staying tuned to The Morning Run with Chong Jensen, Philip C and I'm Wong Xiaoning. It is 7.35, Monday the 13th of February and oh boy, are we looking forward to the breakfast grill. <laughs> Philip C, who is in the hot seat this morning? Some call it a career-limiting move and I tend to agree because I will be interviewing my boss, Malik Ali, the founder of BFM Media because in conjunction with Radio Day, the founder of this station, BFM 89.9, Malik Ali shared with us how the ra- how's radio su- survived you know throughout the age of disruption for traditional media Malaysia's media landscape with the changing governments and the editorial independence of the station and most important how does this station make money right because we don't run on charity definitely not yes. I, I, I think that's the question right what are the margins of this business and can it can it can those margins maintain in a fast changing media environment yeah and is BFM much more than just our voices on air Right, mm. I'm curious. So ask him all those burning questions, Philip. Just go for it. Well, thanks. And if we don't have jobs on Tuesday, we will blame you. <laughs> I think I'm the one that won't have the job on no, Tuesday. No, no, no. You know what? They'll throw us all <laughs> under the bus. We all, you're all also collateral, is Yeah, it? we're all collateral damage. The bullets will come <laughs> flying everywhere and one of us will get hit. So do tune in. That's going to be happening after the 8 a.m. news bulletin. But in the meantime, we turn our attention to a tragedy because it's been one week since twin earthquakes wrecked devastation on parts of southern Turkey and northern Syria. The death toll apparently has climbed to more than, what, 35,000? 35, yes. Uh, with tens of thousands injured, and I suspect that number can only increase. Millions of people across Turkey and Syria have been displaced as a result of the natural disaster, and authorities face the challenge of ensuring that aid, including food and shelter, is channeled to survivors amid freezing weather conditions. Many countries, including Malaysia, have sent humanitarian response teams to assist in search and rescue efforts in a show of international solidarity. That the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the National Disaster Management Agency set up a task force in collaboration with civil society to coordinate humanitarian aid from Malaysia. Now, humanitarian NGO Mercy Malaysia has also deployed teams to Turkey to assist in relief efforts there. Joining us for an update on what's happening on the ground is Datuk Dr. Ahmad Faisal Mohamed Perdas, President of Mercy Malaysia. Good morning, Dr. Faisal. Now, where is the Mercy Malaysia team deployed in Turkey? And walk us through the process of making that deployment decision. What factors go into deciding when to go and who gets sent? Right, thank you. Good morning, all. Um, well, firstly, it's a it's a big tragedy, and um, and uh, currently our team is in Osmania, and uh, on the way, um, God willing, if the logistics permit, uh, to Gaziantep, uh, and um, we are currently deployed uh, in two teams, and those teams are at the moment together, uh, but uh, they will also uh, split up um, if necessary. And uh, just to cut a long story short uh, to your question, uh, how did we decide? So um, given our experience over 20 years, uh, 24 years to be exact in this, um, we, when we first saw the, uh, the news reports coming out of Turkey in the afternoon of uh, Monday the 6th, uh, we suddenly knew that uh, this could be big. Uh, especially because there was one major earthquake of 7.8 uh, that started it off, but it was soon followed by a 7.6 uh, and a few hours later by a 7.4. Now, you don't usually get that. Um, 
you do get uh, tremors, aftershocks, but they are not usually of the same magnitude on the Richter scale. And the fact that they were, although not in the same place, uh, close enough to each other to have a compounding effect told us that um, that this was going to be major. And uh, and uh, by that evening, uh, we had already uh, started our coordination and uh, and by the next day, we our, our team had flown. Uh, we didn't wait for, for example, for the number of of uh, of deaths and uh, and victims to rise because uh, once the reports uh, came in of uh, of three four different cities being hit equally bad we knew that uh, the numbers will rise anyway it was just a matter of time um, and uh, thirdly uh, what triggered us of course was the fact that um, we knew that Turkey uh, was also bordering Syria and Syria was, of course, uh, also affected. Uh, and from our first reports on the on that very day, uh, that the Syrian situation was just as bad. And it also involved uh, areas which had been hit hard by the war, uh, Aleppo and Idlib especially. And we knew that there would be compounding effects there as well. So there was no question of 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 the fact that we had to go. And Dr. Faisal, what is the situation on the ground based on reports from your team there? The situation is bad. Uh, people are uh, displaced. Uh, many, many people. Uh, as as of yesterday, um, there were about a million people in Turkey alone who were in shelters. You can imagine how many that is, um, uh, and uh, or in evacuation centers uh, uh, and uh, either shelters or ev- or evac centers. And uh, this is Turkey. Yeah? This is not a country which is uh, short or, or bereft of uh, strength and their own facilities and their own technical expertise, etc. So um, in Syria, of course, uh, reports are coming from the UN that over 5 million people uh, may have been made homeless. Now, the 1 million people evacuated uh, into evac centers and emergency shelters over in Turkey don't represent the total who are affected. The total um, are approaching um, over... 10 million, uh, and this is uh, this number, of course, will change, and it depends on what you mean by affected. Yeah. So uh, if uh, if if you take someone whose apartment building has collapsed, uh, that's definitely someone who's who's affected. But if you take uh, someone who's lost a loved one, or someone who may not be living in that same area, but but has to cater for family members who have come to 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 stay at his place, yeah, uh, he's also affected. So. Uh, the number of factors is actually a lot more than than what's reported. What are the main challenges in ensuring that humanitarian aid reaches those in need, especially given that parts of southern Turkey are also riven with uh, civil infighting? Yes, uh, there are three three major uh, uh, logistical uh, three major challenges. The, number one is just pure logistics. Uh, uh, the airports uh, in the south and southeast, especially. Uh, were all out of uh, out of order and dysfunctional. Uh, some had runways which were damaged by the earthquake, and there was only one functional airport in the first three days, which was in Adana, where our team uh, landed after they landed in after they uh, left Istanbul uh, when they arrived. And um, and currently they are working on uh, on trying to get a couple of the other airports running. Uh, again, Turkey is a big country. These airports usually serve as the entry points. Um, not many people travel by road across uh, across uh, across uh, that big Asia Minor uh, span of land anyway during peacetime. And um, and uh, and currently, of course, the earthquake has made it worse. There are damages to roads, bridges, linkages, 
And our team, for example, um, uh, will have to take about 10 to 12 hours to get to Gaziantep from uh, from Adana, which is which is a trip that usually takes four four hours to six at the max. So this is this is something that's a number one uh, that's a number one challenge. The the logistics. Number two is the um, is the coordination and uh, as best as they can, the Turkish uh, Disaster Management Agency Afat has been coordinating very well. Uh, the thing is, of course, uh, given the span of the affected area, a few hundred kilometers, yeah, and experts this time um, don't actually uh, call the the center of the earthquake as an epicenter, but call it an epiline because of the numerous aftershocks. Um, it is difficult uh, to actually ensure that every place has been attended to, every city, every small town, every village. It is difficult. And number three is, of course, as you mentioned, um, the uh, slight uh, but important uh, factor of insecurity in southern Turkey, especially on the southeastern side, closer to the Kurdish uh, uh, inhabited populated areas, but also at the border areas where Hatay and uh, uh, Hatay as well as uh, Gaziantep, uh, Antakya especially, these are uh, these are cities which lead to smaller towns which then have border crossings into the war zone areas of Syria, Idlib and Aleppo. And um, and Muslim Malaysia has uh, been operating there. Uh, we've operated there during the Syrian war. Mm. And uh, we, we have gone through both cities into Syria uh, in cross-border operations. So we're quite familiar with the with the geography, but uh, but of course uh, that means that uh, there are in, there are insecurity factors there. We've already heard of a incident in in Antakya where there's been uh, factional uh, disagreement, which has led to factional fighting, uh, which has affected the Austrian uh, search and rescue and aid teams there. Uh, so uh, we are keeping our our, our team on their toes okay. in terms of security. Uh, Dr. Faisal, one last question from us, you know, and that is how can the Malaysian public channel donations in cash or kind? What do the people in Turkey need and how can we contribute? Oh, they need lots and lots of things. Uh, the winter is still not over. Uh, black thermal blankets, heaters, uh, insulated tents, these are these are important stuff. Some of these things can be obtained in Malaysia, but most uh, cannot because we're not a country with four seasons, yeah? Of course, uh, clean water, food, uh, medicines, etc. Um, how to donate? I propose that everybody look at uh, credible non-governmental organizations which have a good track record, uh, look at their websites, look at their Facebook accounts and uh, and get their account numbers and donate there. That's number one. Number two, you can also donate um, uh, to uh, some of our media through some of our media outlets. We know that Media Prima is running a fund for Turkey, for example. You can also channel your funds there. And uh, last but not least, of course, if you if you have um, any direct contact with uh, with Turkish uh, organizations which are which which are credible, you can also channel your funds through there. All right, thank you so much for your time. Uh, that was uh, Datuk Dr. Ahmad Faisal Mohamed Padaus, President of Mercy Malaysia, telling us about what's the situation on the ground and the devastation that people face in this extreme 
cold uh, weather, there's not enough food, there's not enough heating, they need thermal blankets, simple things like that, which we take for granted, not accessible to them. And uh, the problem is also reaching reaching them because at the moment, transportation links are also impacted. Extremely grim. The World Health Organization is estimating that 23 million people, including 1.4 million children, may require long-term assistance. So beyond just the recovery of the rubble, there will be some long-term structural support needed for the area. Yeah, in terms of his suggestions for donation, he suggests to look at credible NGOs, check out their websites, check out their social media accounts to ensure they're credible. And also you can donate via the media. I think Media Prima is also running a campaign. And of course, if you have direct contact with a certain uh, corporates in Turkey, you can also contact them and also channel your funds through that. Yeah, um, you know, let's hope the situation does improve over the coming months. But up next, we'll be discussing Malaysia's fourth quarter GDP. Stay tuned for that, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.